0: intent and revenue potential data to help you accelerate
1: revenue. Thanks for listening. Welcome back everybody to another episode of Sunny Side Up. I'm your host Asher Matthew and I'm super excited today to speak with Wes Yi about growth marketing hacks. Wes, welcome to the show.
0: Hey Asher, how's it going?
1: Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Absolutely, glad to be here.
1: All right, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Yeah, so I'm the uh, Senior Director of Growth at Guru. Um, Guru is a, a knowledge management platform. Um, I've been at the company uh, as of next week, uh, two years. Uh, so it's been been an exciting run so far. Uh, before I was at Guru, um, I was the VP of Marketing at Sequoia Consulting Group, a tech benefits brokerage here in the Bay Area. Um, and then uh, just a couple things outside of work. Uh, I've got four dogs. Uh, hopefully they won't come barging in during this conversation, but yeah. Uh, Spend a lot of time with them. Um, I love sushi. Uh, typically, traveling and exploring, but uh, certainly during uh, shelter in place, a, a lot less uh, moving around.
1: Man, this COVID thing is brutal, huh?
0: Oh, it's uh, every part of life. I feel like the uh, the the sort of untold impact is just like the amount of bad news <laughs> that we're. Uh, uh, that's available to us on a regular basis. It seems like every day you wake up, and there's one thing racist, there's one thing uh, public health related, and there's probably one thing the government specifically has said to offend everyone. But uh, <laughs> I know that's not what this show is about. But, uh, no, that's okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, I can't make it if it's a V or four V's or W or d- double W. Like I don't know what it is, right? But well, what I do know is thank God for delivery services. Oh, you know? yes,
0: definitely. And all the essential workers and everybody who's uh, doing their best to help, uh, help keep others safe because it really is uh, a, a big effort from everyone involved.
1: Fantastic. Well, let's dive into the topic of growth marketing hacks. Now, on this show, we take a concept and first we define the concept because there's so many definitions of things in our world today. I feel like everybody wants to create a category or create a new definition and work through this. So I have a lot of friends just that anytime we start a conversation, they're always just like, Asher, can we just define what this is and then walk through through this concept first? And so can you define... Growth marketing, from your perspective, please.
0: Sure, and and I and I would just say I, I would definitely not say this is the industry standard definition. I, you know, my experience has certainly been that growth marketing and growth and, and marketing, even uh, individually, have meant something different in every role that I've been in. But in in our context, and I think the way that um, we think about it at Guru is really that uh, the difference between like maybe sort of traditional digital marketing, traditional marketing, and growth marketing is that we're really uh, focused on um, the entire experience for a prospect, for a customer. Uh, and, and, you know, that's kind of the intersection between marketing sales and product. And so we really try to work really, um, very, you know, lockstep and, and close with those, um, teams to make sure that the experiences are consistent and that they make sense and that, uh, you know, people are getting where they need to be, but also that we're creating feedback loops internally to pass the data that we're seeing on the product side, back into marketing, to inform our campaigns, um, and, and, you know, back in, to the sales team to make sure that they're, they're effective in their
1: conversations as well. So it sounds a lot like what product marketing should be doing or should have been doing. So is there, is there overlap or is there some underlap with product marketing and growth marketing?
0: Um, You know, I think some of the lines have blurred, you know, for us it's, it's, A lot less about what's on your business card and and more about what your skill set and experience is. And so, you know, we work, we work, we do have a separate product marketing team, and we work closely with them on a lot of messaging exercises and positioning. And um, and certainly, as we create campaigns, we're leaning on their expertise heavily. Uh, You know, they're not officially under the growth marketing uh, line, but uh, you know, I think we're certainly trying to to serve that function effectively with with both teams uh, working together.
1: Terrific. And so as you have either gone through a lot of experiences or been mentored into growth marketing what's your framework for growth marketing like how should I think about it? like what are the pillars of this thing
0: gosh yeah I'd say uh, you know for me it's it's not um, you know there's 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 a, there's a I think uh, a number of different ways that people go with this, and I've seen some where it gets particularly sophisticated and you end up in spreadsheets for hours upon hours, trying to come up with exactly the right uh, inputs to get uh, the outputs that, that your board and your company are are demanding. As far as a a framework, or model, you know, for me, it's, it's really mostly about the day to day behaviors, which for us is a lot is is very much focused on testing and learning. And so um, anytime we are uh, starting up a new project or a new initiative, it's a lot about setting the expectations around what we think should happen, what variables we may be testing, and, um, and what the inputs are that uh, we expect to create, a, hopefully, a measurable difference. Um, so it's a, it's a combination of a few things, I would say, for, you know, very much start, starting with a framework of, okay, here's sort of status quo, here's the data that we have, what do we expect to be able to change uh, to make an impact there? testing that change and then making sure that we're getting we're creating those feedback loops so that they're again sort of informing our sales activity our, our marketing activity and our and our product team
1: terrific and i guess like these last 3 months or these last let's say 5 months now right the like has your views about growth marketing changed at all or maybe they've strengthened or you would like use certain different tactics to deal with all the change that's happening in the world?
0: yeah, I, th- I think for me and and our our evolution of growth marketing at guru has been has been unique in in, in that we've changed how uh, we've approached this different aspects of our business from from my team's perspective. but I think during this time, really, it's been a lot about getting back to basics and sort of auditing what we had been looking at as our, as our overall strategy and, and, and really focusing in on the areas of leverage that, uh, or the, the areas where we have significant leverage. I think it, uh, you know, pre-COVID, a lot of uh, my job was sort of like <laughs> harvesting all the different uh, ideas for how we could help grow the product, help get people engaged with our company um, and, and, a, and a lot of the conversations, uh, I think, were very high level, like, hey, we feel like we can get traffic from this source, or uh, here's a, here's an interesting idea, a new, a new use case for the product. Um, I think during, during COVID, we've really sort of tried to narrow our focus on the areas that um, we've been able to see measurable uh, impact and uh, deeper into our pipeline. And so um, I would say, you know, early on, a lot of our efforts uh, in the, on the growth side were very, very, like, more broad, even I would say, than they are now, and and really, what we've had to focus in on is like, okay, if you know, if we've got a dollar to spend, we can't just uh, you know continue to pull money out of out of uh, out of the business to throw at every single opportunity, and so what, which are the ones that we really want to prioritize, and so that I think auditing process has been really informative for us in just looking at the programs that truly were performing um, all the way through the pipeline, as opposed to the ones that maybe were hitting more of our top end metrics, but maybe weren't getting into, um, into actual sales conversations or engagement in our product.
1: So you said a word that's super duper favorite of mine. It's metrics. (laughs) (laughs) So I always try to say say, hey, we have to look at these a little bit more closely because ideologically a metric may sound amazing, but practically it may completely kibosh the customer experience or the product experience or the sales team experience or you know, it just may like there's a lot of thought that just needs to be be put into like the manifestation of those metrics. And so in growth marketing, and I've had several growth marketers on the podcast that I've, uh, for some reason, never asked the question of how, what are the right set of metrics for, uh, uh, for growth marketing, given that you have such a trip a tri focus, uh, uh, into the into the workplace.
0: Yeah, and I think the way that I would answer that is it is going to be different for for every growth marketer for every company, but uh, at the end of the day, the answer to that question is well. When your boss comes to you and says, um, you know, were you successful or or you ask yourself that question, what is the one metric that comes to mind for you? Because I think most marketers probably already know what that is. Um, It's very tempting for us, uh, especially, I think, in the Zoom world where we have less, less of our colleagues' attention. Uh, to boil down strategies and, and and initiatives to sort of like three to five bullets and to, hey, I, I told you three things that I was doing and they all sounded generally good. And those are the three metrics that we're going to go with. Uh, but I think, at our, in, in, you know, in our hearts, we know that there's probably one thing where if we optimize for this result, whether it's you know, site traffic, account signups, uh, account activation, engagement. Um, that that would be the metric that the company would get truly excited and rally around. And so for us, that happens to be signups. You know, we want people to get into the product and, and see value from it very quickly. And, and so most of my job and my team's responsibility is to get people um, in and engaged. Um, but that may be different for different companies. But I know that if we hit that number, uh, that sort of the, the different uh, teams and the different functions within the company are, are all going to be uh, pleased if we hit it. And, and you know, that's really where our focus
1: lies so it sounds like you are dealing with audiences and and activating those audiences if if i may dive deeper into what you're saying mm-hmm. and and so do you measure like do you look at like hey you're like hey we'll create this audience here then we'll go create this audience here and then we'll try to activate them and uh, and it sounds very much like product led growth companies Definitely need growth marketing. Am I connecting the dots correctly?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's right. And and for us, you know, we have uh, an, an interesting product in that um, we have some really you know strong use cases where we've got companies, you know, thousands and thousands of employees, you know, public companies uh, using us, f- uh, you know, for specific things. For instance, you know, Shopify uses us for their customer support team. Um, which has been historically an entirely remote team, um, and so that's been like an awesome use case for us to tap into. When you have lots of different reps who are um, wanting to uh, create a consistent experience for their customers, a knowledge management solution is like the, is the perfect solution. Um, but that's not our only uh, application, right? And so for me, some of you know it, where we sort of try to. Uh, do more experimentation is around defining what are the other audiences? Who are the other departments and and leaders within a company and, and teams within a company that can see benefit from our solution? Are there aspects of the existing use cases that we have that we can try to apply to those audiences? What are the different messages that activate them? What do those teams look like? Who are the key players that um, you know, make the decisions because, you know, we know that, uh, in many of our, uh, many of our customers, it's not just the, uh, the highest, uh, you know, highest paid individual who's making every decision on, uh, on purchasing, right. It's oftentimes, uh, the people who are, uh, who are using products, uh, on the front lines, who are day-to-day administering these products, they may be part of an operations team or an IT team. Um, and so for us, it's like, what is the story, not just for, uh, you know the executive person, but it's for every every person who who may be a part of that uh, decision making
1: process. W- wonderful, and you know I've been toying with this idea of, of when you create audiences, then they engage with their product, but you got to put them into some kind of community. And have you thought along similar lines? Because it just seems like like we do a lot of work on engaging people and then they're happy with the product and then we just try to sell, 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 and then but there's no like community. And and I feel like there's a concept of a user community, but there should be a pre-user community as well. Hmm. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I might need to hear a little bit more about what you mean by a pre-user community. Certainly, community is something that, that we've invested in um, from very early on. Man uh, named Chris Anderson leads leads our community uh, team, and we actually call them the Community Learning and Love Team. So we we get uh, one level below, um, and 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 really very much do believe in it. But we, yeah, what do you mean by pre-community?
1: So so it's it's like look. So let's say people come in and then they go. Uh... It, look at your product. They sign up for a free trial, right? And then, and then at that point in time, they're really looking to talk to other people that have the same issues, or maybe they have uh, they have other issues that they just don't know about, right? And so, rather than a user community, if there was like a prospect community, or maybe like something that is both prospect and customers together, then the people who are coming in and are new to your product may actually find a lot more benefits from just networking with other people that have similar problems because then the, the users actually educate the prospects and then that test for virality takes place too. Got
0: it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's certainly. Uh, I think every every marketer in in SaaS and B two B SaaS specifically over the last couple of years has tapped into that with uh, with events. Uh, I think it's now part of the playbook that you create your own conference and your own roadshow. Yep. Um, and so that that was certainly how we have been doing it uh, pre COVID. Um, but yes, you know, certainly even in the in the more recent months, that's something that we've tried to to do for for people in our space, whether that's people who are customers or not. You know, we really believe that. You know, our success is in a lot of ways tied to the success and the the uh, adoption of knowledge management solutions. And so, if you're someone who's in a position where uh, you're responsible for one of these systems, maybe you are a, specifically a knowledge manager, or maybe you're an enablement person um, who's who's owning this type of function for your company. Uh, we do want to get you connected with the people who are in our ecosystem, who are in our communities. Whether um, and so, yeah, in some cases, we are. Uh, we have we have what's you know technically a user community but there are cases where we bring where we uh, you know get to know somebody and uh, maybe they're a prospect maybe not but they happen to be uh, someone who's you know, advanced in the space and thinking they, they've created frameworks and have you know something that they want to share we will actually connect those with people in our community um, sometimes that's uh, we have a slack community that's been growing uh, quite a bit in, in, in over the lockdown um, we also will do uh, sort of like more one-off casual lunch conversations, and a lot of that's been happening over Zoom now, um, where we'll where we'll try to connect, you know, a couple of different uh, prospects with someone who's in their role at a, at a customer company or, or at a company who's uh, who's doing some good work in the space.
1: Superb. Now, on this podcast, we're all about taking action, and so if I'm a marketer, or am salesperson, I'm a product person, right, and. I fancy this growth marketing concept. What is the first step that I should take towards my journey into growth marketing?
0: Oh man, a lot of, a lot of different ways you could go there. I think uh, one, one, you know, right at the top, I, I think learning is, is a big, <laughs> is a big thing. It would be uh, foolish for me not to call out, you know, there's so much great content and, and so many wonderful growth marketers out there who I've learned from, um, who I, you know, For me, the fastest way to learn is actually just to follow somebody on Twitter. I find that, uh, you know, the content that you get, um, you know, in some of the courses that you can take or in blog posts and and places like that uh, is is super useful. But I I know I learn best from like observing someone on a day to day basis and sort of, uh, you know, being a fly on the wall for some of the conversations that they put out into the world. And so I have found following some, you know, growth marketers on Twitter to be particularly useful. Um, you know, separate from that, uh, there's sort of like more formalized education. Um, we've had folks from our team, uh, participate in Reforge, uh, which is a very like growth focused, um, training course. And actually my boss, uh, Brit is, uh, is, is a member is a part of that, part of that as well. Um, so there's some, some awesome resources there to get started. And then I think, you know, sort of operationalizing it within a company, um, you know, I think it 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 starts with with people, right? As you gra- gather the right people from the right teams, people who I think have an interest and and some motivation to, uh, to to build this function right for, um, right for your company. And so we talked about kind of it being the intersection between marketing, sales, and product. I think it's it's critical that you you set up those one on ones with those people that you get them all in a room and kind of talk about. How you know these initiatives can work together? Where a campaign is not just I'm going to get you to come to the website, and then uh, whatever happens from there is up to uh, is up to my sales and product teams. It's really tying those things together. And, and like you said in our conversation earlier about audiences, okay, well we're going to go we're going to uh, try and engage uh, you know more people from the uh, you know with enablement f- functions. What is our experience for them once they get? Um, get to the website. Once they first talk to a salesperson, what's our message there? What what is our you know what do our presentations look like? What are the key use cases and um, case studies and customers that we might want to connect them with? Um, and then once they're in the product, have we have we set them up so that it is uh, seamless, smooth, uh, and and that they're getting value very quickly out of the product? Because we know that different uh, you know people from different departments are going to use the product very differently, have very different needs and expectations, and so it's up to us. Um, you know all of our teams to make sure that those things are uh, are happening. Um, you know in in as 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 close lockstep as possible.
1: Well, Wes, this was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing the concept, the framework, some tips for actioning the framework with us. Uh, we'd like to have a little bit of fun on this podcast towards the end. And, and we always like to ask, who are two other people that you believe we should bring on the podcast as, as guests who share the same passion for marketing or even growth marketing or anywhere in the go-to-market engine uh, as you do?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, for, uh, right at the top, uh, the person I think of is is Ryan Benici, who's the, the CMO at G2. Um, he's someone that I've, uh, as, as I've gotten to know a little bit, um, certainly followed his content. I, I love the way that he uh, I think lives uh, very strategically, but is also uh, very real with uh, himself and his team and, and, and the way that he presents um, how they think about things I have found to be super useful to help me create my own mental frameworks for um, how I look at uh, you know, prioritization. Um, so that's one, He's very, you know, very well spoken, and he has an, uh, just a, a great way about him. Um, another, and I would say it's it's a he's he's not a marketer and and not someone who even necessarily focuses on marketing. But every time I hear this guy speak, every time I read something that he writes, um, I I just uh, I know I've got to sit down and, and set some time aside. And his his name is Morgan Housel. He's a he's a writer for the Collaborative Fund. Um, he focuses actually primarily on behavioral finance, but he applies it in in a lot of ways to um, to the to the growing businesses uh, today. That I'd say the, the companies in the zeitgeist and. And the way that he approaches it is, you know, I, I find when journalists look at, uh, especially B two B SaaS companies, it, it just gives me such a, a different perspective than I have working at a B two B SaaS company. Um, and and often that sort of unlocks uh, some insights about how these companies are really growing. And 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 you know, he looks at things in a way where I think you know it's tempting as a marketer to just you know spend a lot of time talking about like, oh, what are the channels? What are the best channels? You know, where are we getting good ROI? And you kind of just get lost in this or you can get lost in this sort of sea of, uh, well, there's just so much data, so much information available to me as a marketer. uh, I just need to do all of it, or I just need to serve all these different functions for for my company and my team. Um, But, you know, kind of taking a step back and looking at the business and and understanding the mechanics of how some of these companies grow um, has been super insightful. And so he's somebody who I find to uh, uh, just be great at, at learning more about um about how you know some of today's businesses are growing because it is so dynamic you know 5 years ago if we had had a conversation about you know what the best channels were for marketers uh it would have been very very different than than what it is today and and i would guess that in a year or two years three
1: years uh it'll be very different then well tiktok did not exist 5 years ago i think <laughs> And who knows if it will five years from now, right? Exactly. <laughs> At this rate, you don't know if we'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> so that's, that's fantastic. And so we always try to have a little bit of fun with uh, just hashtags on this podcast. So if we were to condense this podcast into a hashtag, what would your hashtag be?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for me, the one that came right to mind was actually one of our guru core values. And I, I hate to be Mr. Corporate, but it's, it's, it's embraced the journey. Um, and I think, uh, you know, especially in a time like we're going through now, Um, when, you know, I think a lot of our worldviews are being challenged, let alone what our experiences at at work are. Um, and so embrace the journey, try and find a way to, uh, you know, for me, I think, and probably for a lot of work, workaholics, uh, it can be tempting to just throw yourself all in because, you know, a lot of the, you know, we're not commuting in a lot of cases if you're able to work from home. And so, um, it's very tempting to just go head over heels into something and, and, and all of a sudden not be able to find your way back out. Um, I, I really feel like uh, this core value of, of embracing the journey and saying, Hey, you know what? Not everything, not every test, not every experiment uh, that we take on the marketing side, certainly day to day is going to work. Um, but really just trying to find a way to uh, appreciate the learning aspect of it. And so not, not being very results oriented. So I'll just, yeah, hashtag embrace the journey.
1: Terrific, and so if people have questions after listening to this podcast, what would be the best way for them to connect with you?
0: Sure, yeah. So, um, you know, email is uh, is, is is one. Uh, you know, w y e e at getguru.com. Um, I'm as mentioned on Twitter at Wes ye. Uh, I'll talk about uh, my dogs and probably uh, some other things uh, in addition to you know conversing with uh, with folks about growth marketing.
1: Terrific. Well, again, Wes, thank you so much for coming on to the show, and best of luck with your journey.
0: Thanks very much for having me. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us, and share these insights with your peers.